Hello everyone, this is Singularity Watch, the show where we investigate emerging technologies and what this means for our future. I'm Oli, and as always, my co-host is award-winning cybersecurity professional Kavya Perlman, founder of XR Safety Initiative, XRSI. Our guest today is Rodrigo Tamellini Aires, who is a contributor for XRSI Child Safety Initiative and also a co-founder and CF, CEO at uh, GamerSafer. How are you doing, Rodrigo? Hi, guys. Nice to have you to be here. Like, yeah. Cool. We're hey, really Rodrigo. Uh, now, before we get into the interview, um, it must be said that this is a special episode for a special week in the world of XR. So, Kavya, would you like to tell us a little more about that? Yeah, th thank you, Ollie. That That is really what we're you know talking about today is the XR Safety Awareness Week, which started on 7th of December. And we've been celebrating it for now five days. And today being the last day, it is such an exciting thing to just, you know, give, uh, now look back and that we have created this sort of a reflection point for the rest of the years to come, where every time holidays come around and we go ahead and buy these headsets, the VR headsets and the future, the AR headsets, we just really want to take a moment to reflect upon what kind of risks and what kind of uh, challenges that it brings along. So this is just a, you know, sense of um, if we should go into these wars with a sense of awareness, create this reflection point. So I'm really honored and delighted that we did that this entire week. And to, t to talk more about what exactly went down and how it all came about, I'm going to invite our director of uh, the XR uh, Safety Awareness Week, uh, Tim Stifler-Dean. Tim. All yours. Thank you so much, Kavya. This week, the XR Safety Awareness Week has been such a phenomenal experience. This is the very first time that we have been able to have this opportunity to put this on. And each day of the week, we have celebrated getting into XR and inviting people, inviting you to join us in XR, exploring the worlds of virtual reality, augmented reality, AI, mixed reality, and emergent tech overall. Each day of this week, we have been celebrating XR with a focus on safety and bringing awareness to all of the different facets and aspects of the industries that are involved with this emergent tech. It has been such an exciting time. On Monday, we explored Child Safety Initiative. We released content and had panels. On Tuesday, it was Medical XR and the benefits of therapy within VR and hygiene safety and security and privacy for patients and doctors and organizations that are involved in Medical XR. And on Wednesday, we explored diversity and inclusion with the CyberXR Coalition and so many other organizations around the world that are exploring diversity and different cultures in virtual worlds. Thursday, we explored media and arts with our friend Marco, and we also got to join in with other groups such as Kaleidoscope to see some of the grants that they're working on for artists in virtual worlds. And then, of course, today, the best day of all, Singularity Watch podcast. We are releasing this episode with Rodrigo. And also tonight, we are celebrating with a huge after party hosted by uh, our good friend DJ Zyron, who's right here as a cameraman on this show. 
Thank you so much for being a part of this week with us, XR Safety Awareness Week, and we look forward to seeing you next year. So thank you so much, Tim, for explaining all that to us. Um, I'm going to move on now and ask you some questions, Rodrigo. Okay. Um, so first of all, welcome. Is your chair all right? Is it comfortable? Yes, it's pretty nice. And I have a new outfit ready for Christmas. Cool. <laughs> so if it isn't comfortable, that's the guy responsible, the blue guy up there. Um, <laughs> he, ma he made everything. He made this world. Um, so getting to the nitty gritty. Uh, so space is a crucial part of the feeling of, of safety uh, in immersive environments. And in fact, in any environment, uh, you know, the space you're allowed to occupy, how close you can get to other people, how free you are to explore space are all very primal elements in the survival of any animal species. And I'm, I'm counting, uh, you know, humans as animals with no offense to animals, of course. Uh, do you remember <laughs> a situation related to this where you didn't feel comfortable in, in any way, uh, you know, in games or, or social VR uh, concerning obviously the space and stuff? Yeah, so I'm playing with VR for a while, um, actually a couple of years back uh, in the early mm -hmm. stages of all these social experiences with the latest technologies on headsets. So yes, I had an opportunity to join spaces just like that. Uh, that was uh, in the early times, on the early designs where the safety boundaries were not really fully formed. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, I remember that um, back then I was working a senior director at Intel inside the virtual reality group and mm -hmm. we were pushing all, all our meetings within those virtual spaces because yes the more we use more we understand the challenges and the opportunities with the the virtual realms and so every single week we held a, a, a meeting in a different environment and mm -hmm. over suddenly yes we just uh, uh, in the space that we were and it was a public space right uh, yeah. Someone just came out, uh, a random player, uh, out of nothing, really started to behave really awkwardly uh, with an outfit that was very aggressive, uh, visually mm -hmm. aggressive. I don't like clowns, and he was a pretty freaky clown, honestly speaking. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and he just started walking around us, and while we were interacting, he was behaving like a slightly weird. And then you really mm -hmm. got the feeling how, this, um, uh, how the, the, the immersion really moves your senses, right? So mm -hmm. how uncomfortable can you feel when someone just approaches you in a different way or doesn't look the way that you feel comfortable? And of course, this was a, a, a aha moment for me to say, yes, uh, the, the potential impact of virtual experiences yeah. are more real than people uh, sometimes imagine. So we, you feel yeah, that super real. And, and I think that was a, my my personal first experience that say yes, something really serious should be taken into consideration in the future designs of experiences. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, you know, there's some things that VR does really well, and even a bit too much like horror or anything that's kind of you can really sort of feel as if you're in the real world. Um, what, hap what happened to you the first time you, um, you tried uh, VR. I mean, what was your first uh, experience? Oh, well, it was amazing, right? So basically, back then we were building a Smithsonian uh, partnership and uh, we, we are still trying the environment and it was a photorealistic, super high quality. 
and it was just a mind-blowing experience, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm a little biased. I'm a fan of VR since early days, uh, not only for gaming, but many other uh, experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, even though we have challenges in um, in any place, we have challenges, right? So uh, virtual worlds are like um, so, a, a similar social fabric than the real world. And uh, even though we have challenges, I think most of experiences are just mind-blowing, amazing, and enriching. And, and that's why we really want to help uh, and push the, the safety boundaries mm-hmm. up because we believe that most of experiences are just amazing and we really need to nurture this environment. And hey, Rodrigo, is that Smithsonian experience, was that with Sensor Studio team, uh, uh, Intel uh, partnership? Actually, there was uh, uh, an early version uh, of Sensor uh, that mm. we, we built out on our own, yeah. Yeah, I think I can recall back then I was the head of security over there and the CSR studio team had been building these yeah, experiences. Yeah, after, after that experience, with, uh, Intel made some other partnership with CSR, mm-hmm. uh, even CS, if I'm not wrong. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. I remember that. Yeah, yeah it was pretty cool, uh, pretty yeah. high quality stuff. And back then we were really trying to show the potential. So um, it was a, it was a great experience for sure. Yeah, it was quite remarkable. I think your CEO kind of like demonstrated on stage of CES like how virtual worlds could really change the experience, the way we experience conferences. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, there was there was uh, an event at the CES where the C- Intel CEO basically drove many people through a VR experience, like a from like almost two hundred people at the same time. Back then with. Uh, PCs and headsets and all this kind of thing. So mm-hmm. really pushing forward the the mindset of the, the industry about, yes, this is real, this is important and something that's amazing. Exactly, yeah. I always wish I could go back to seeing it for the first time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so Rodrigo, something that really amazes me about you and your co-pilot, I have to mention, Maria Tamalini, the COO of Gamer Safer. You two guys have been so like amazing, contributing to so many philanthropic efforts, including child safety, always like holding the baton in terms of saving the in-game or the in-world settings and producing this wonderful organization and technology, Gamers Safer. Um, but at the same time, I see that, you know, we are all sort of like minority in the space, especially I hear that a lot from Maria as I interact with her. So how has your experience been? And then, you know, along the same lines as you have navigated this environment or this tech industry as a minorities, what would you recommend to people like us who are sort of different or minorities in some sense and uh, being able to, you know, accomplish things in the space? I think that's a very uh, it's a very interesting question, Kavya. Um, you know, I think uh, the the unique perspective that we have, um, based on our cultural background, where we came, and this kind of things, give us different uh, perspectives and how can we tackle and approach problems, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. Uh, my experience working with big multinational companies, which has uh, roots in, in several geographies with a, a diverse background, teach me that, uh, yes, we, we really have to understand which are our uniquenesses 
in terms of a cultural background and how this can contribute in a teamwork effort mm -hmm. and really try to leverage that on our favor. So uh, you mentioned Maria, my co-founder, and uh, she's very unique and talented person in terms of building connections and relationships. Totally. This is really strong tied with uh, her, our um, uh, our background, right? Where we where we were where we were born and how we interact with people. So, the way I see she she driving her talents towards this direction, it's amazing, yeah, amazing, right? Because it's very unique. But I think uh, whenever we discuss diversity, whenever we discuss this, we have to embrace our uniquenesses. Mm -hmm. and leverage that to a common goal. So mm -hmm. different perspectives, different talents, some together can really uh, build up something uh, important and strong. And I think you can tell you, 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 you can tell me more because you basically work with her and, and your team is very diverse in terms of backgrounds, experiences and, and nationalities, right? So bringing the best of each one is how we, we grow as, as a team. And again, I think uh, we, on our own, right, we have to recognize um, our strengths and um, understand that sometimes we think or we act in different ways. Make yeah. sure that we minimize this, the cultural uh, difference and just leverage that on, on for positive impact. So very well said. And that's exactly what I've noticed. Every time I have had the opportunity to do something, contribute to something with Maria and yourself, it's always been like, let's celebrate those differences. So I love that answer. Yeah, this is what it's all about. Yeah, me too. I think it's nice that you put the accent on uh, rather than, uh, you know, trying to ignore the fact that there may be differences between cultures by underlining and saying, you know, it's a good thing. And uh, because there is a tendency to be, you know, very scared uh, to sort of acknowledge that there may be differences between people from different parts of the world. And instead, you know, it's something that if you celebrate it, it can become something really cool. And I think people are much more likely to be enthusiastic about that uh, when you kind of say, look, look how cool this is. You know, you, you have so many different sort of characteristics from all over. So I like that answer as well. Um, both of the worlds you're a part of, uh, XRSI and Gamer Safer include the word safe. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about yourself? How did you get to the idea that safety is so important? Which kind of sounds like something obvious, but maybe not so much. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good point. Well, um, I'm a gamer myself, right? Uh, my co-founder is a gamer. Our kids are gamers. And uh, so we, we understand the dynamics of this uh, on online environments for for a while and of course whoever is present in those spaces really feel what's a good what's a good experience looks like and safety mm -hmm. is always related to that right so emotional safety physical safety and um i think uh, when where these uh, our feelings became a passion and becomes our day-to-day -day jobs is exactly uh, seeing the trend right so mm -hmm. we understood that uh, overall uh, online experience were getting more and more social, especially in gaming, right? So games are now closer to social networks than to games sometimes. Yeah. Um, and with that, we have several problems coming in. So ob observing the things that we had at home, observing, of course, Intel was part of the industry already, right? I was sitting inside the Intel gaming business unit, and we were discussing those challenges on a day-to-day -day basis. We were seeing this hurting 
uh, players. We are seeing we were seeing this hurting uh, parents and families, and we were seeing this hurting the industry. Um, I, I start to get much more aware about okay, what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. And what are the measures that we have around this? Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, as as an industry, I, I saw the industry having those discussions more proactively, really mm -hmm. raising the points. And uh, looking around the solutions available, I didn't see a silver lining uh, of uh, having the things better. And actually, if you see uh, some recent reports, we are seeing that some challenges related to disrupt behaviors are just, are just increasing within games instead of going down. So we just have a, an idea how to approach that in a different perspective on, uh, on the technical side. And we thought that the, the idea was good enough for us to drop everything that we were doing, myself and Maria, and jumping in this amazing adventure. Uh, I think we are having a lot of great progress so far. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so over suddenly a, a, a personal passion becomes our, our full-time job. And we are just amazed by that because it's not only about uh, building a, a, big, a, big, a big business, but also making a, a big impact. So, uh, as, as we usually say, uh, if all the effort that we are putting together makes a single person safe, it's, all the effort is paid off. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. really cool. And along the same line, Rodrigo, we often confuse safety and security. And myself being, you know, my background is cybersecurity. And uh, at XRSI, we have also been trying to shift this narrative to go from just cybersecurity or security to now safety. So could you provide your perspective or your definition of safety at Gamer Safer? And then what drives your work and life uh, in, since, you know, safety is the center point of it and how it's impacting things that you are putting efforts into? Okay, uh, well, it's a, it's a very, it's a great, it's a great question. Um, and I really, I really saw many different definitions. My personal take about the, the difference between them is safety is more a feeling. Right, mm -hmm. so if you feel warm and comfortable uh, emotionally and physically wherever you are. I think this is safety. Uh, security, on in the other hand, is more related to okay, which are the tools, the processes, and procedures that we are putting in place in order to uh, secure to provide the safety feeling back to players. Right, um, we believe safety is a, uh, is a is a fundamental right. Uh, no mm -hmm. matter where you are, right? So virtual worlds, real worlds, safety should be a, a precondition for any healthy uh, relationship and a fundamental right. So that's why we want to come up with the, a technology that uh, scales safety for millions of players out of, uh, without charging them for that. So we are basically working closely with the industry um, we're making sure that we are delivering a safe, a safe experience for players uh, without them have to pay for that. And I have to say, you guys, both of you, Maria and you, are doing a wonderful job. I mean, the first time somebody actually tagged me on LinkedIn, <laughs> your names, and uh, as soon as I saw the website and learned about the technology, I was so excited because, of course, safety 
is essential. And I'm going to borrow that tag, that tagline that you just said, safety is a fundamental right. I love that because a lot of the people say that about privacy, but really, you know, this privacy, cybersecurity, all these other ethical things, what they're really trying to create is a sense of safety, just like you said, it's a feeling. It's quite common, you know, to say that the industry doesn't care about safety or doesn't worry about safety. Um, but you've always had a you know positive attitude in in you know thinking about this and tackling this problem. How does this translate to the activities in in Gamer Safer? Well, I think uh, whenever we look to the uh, to the industry landscape, right? Mm -hmm. um, there are several drivers that conduct uh, industry and companies' decisions. I think uh, our job, uh, whenever we are discussing safety, is not really trying to pinpoint and uh, put shame on people, right? Because many great experiences out there that have problems, uh, people are just not aware and mindful about the potential uh, risks around it. And they were just designing things for considering the upside, considering the good things, considering the good players, right? Mm -hmm. So as an industry, first, not, not pin, uh, pinpointing uh, uh, things that are not working. I think uh, this is important. And mm -hmm. also, um, since there are several drivers on the industry that defines the safety um, priorities per se, we really have to show that safety is not just a friction or a burden mm -hmm. or a cost, right? is really an upside opportunity. So uh, what we are seeing on games right now, right? Uh, it's players that has be have bad experience uh, by harassment, bullying, or hate speech, sexism, racism, no matter what. They, they spend less time on, in, inside those environments. So we are reducing, the, we are increasing the number of the, the, the user churn uh, with uh, those, those challenges. People are playing less sometimes. And this basically hurts the industry bottom line, right? Mm -hmm. So whenever we take safety into an opportunity to increase retention, increase lifetime value, and so on, we are really putting safety as an upside, not as a, a headache, right? And I think that's the challenge, and that's how we that usually discuss those topics have to to educate and bring this to back to the industry. So making sure that we have the right positioning about what we do. Uh, and by doing that, uh, I think the priority goes up. And this is beneficial for the industry, mm -hmm. for the players, and for us professionals in the space. Yeah, I think now that you mention it, I remember a tweet recently by Maria Tamellini saying something about, uh, you know, think of all the money lost also because the, you know, the safety and everything isn't being taken care of as much as it could be. Um, there, there is an estimation that shows that um, uh, toxicity within games specifically is a, is a $7 billion challenge. That's, wow. that's how big it is, $7 billion challenge. And everybody that plays and everybody that has those kind of experiences knows that, um, yeah, sometimes you are just shut down by something wrong that you see, that you hear, and that you experience mm -hmm. within yeah, those, those environments. So makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, Rodrigo, by popular demand on uh, planet Earth, I was going to say, but probably not. Uh, we're going to do some <laughs> uh, rapid fire questions. Are you ready for that? Cool. I'll try, okay. try my best. All right. So the game that scared you the most in a positive way? No. Uh, wow. <laughs> um, 
scam in a positive way. That was a hard one. Yeah, when I was um, the um, Star Wars uh, Squadron on VR recently. Yeah. Oh, really? Why was that? Because of the motion sickness or, or, or the rolling around? No, uh, I, I was really scared because I realized that I have to spend a lot of time on that. Uh, and I don't have this kind of time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is too good. That's in a positive way, right? Yes, I was scared. So, yes, what I would do, how, how can I spend my time without? How, how can okay. I spend more time on it? <laughs> Fa favorite food? Uh, pasta. Pastor, well done. Well done. I approve. Uh, what, in your opinion, is the worst habit of gamers? Any, VR or, or non-VR? I think uh, the uh, lose the temper, right? Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. games are, you, if you're playing, you're supposed to be, have fun. If it doesn't make sense for you to play, if you're not having fun. So people that usually lose their temper, they are losing the fun. So it doesn't make sense for me. Mm-mm. Uh, worst habit of game devs? Uh, don't think about uh, what could go wrong. Uh, okay. And underestimate the damages and um, the side effects of what they do. Okay. Um, is there a game you'd like to forget about just to be able to play it again from the start? Um, whole, the whole Zelda? The ah, whole Zelda. family of Zelda. Yes, yes. I, I will forget and start since the beginning. It would be a pleasure. So have you ever trained hard to get better at a competitive game? Like, really, you know, I want to be good at this. Um, uh, recently, I was getting way better on Warzone. So the shooters, oh, okay. usually I'm, I, I, I like it, and I usually spend some time. So overall, Call of Duty, a family, I usually put a lot of put some efforts to to be competitive not on, yeah. on a professional level but at least to keep up with my kids so, <laughs> so my my older one is is 22 and he's pretty good and i like to play with him because it's a great bonding experience and a great um moments i spend with him but of course i have to keep up so i yeah i put some some effort <laughs> on it yeah i i uh I get the thing about training <laughs> to keep up with people. Uh, and last question, one word, meaning of life. Ha. Uh, <laughs> do right things right, right away. I think that's... Okay, that's a bit more than one word. You kind of cheated, but more, that's fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> okay, right. Fair do enough. things right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, Rodrigo, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions that I've been sort of dying to ask, especially in the spirit of XR Safety Awareness Week as we are closing it down. The first question that I want to ask for the sake of audience is this... Uh, you are coming in from this very vast uh, experience from the gaming perspective and then you sort of uh, you know have been navigating xr for example so what's the key difference when it comes to like safety issues and all these safety related challenges and now that you say right like the right things to do is it quite the same or is it amplified or what's the contrast here what differences have you noticed uh, there's no doubt that uh, immersive experiences amplifies everything, right? Mm -hmm. For good and for bad, right? So, as as we were discussing before, yes, this 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 feeling of a safety could change completely when you really feel more immersed in a space. 
So there is a there are major differences, um, upside and downside. So um, traditional games they don't they have a, a very linear narrative, uh, and it's easier uh, for developers just to to set the some some boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. uh, on VR is slightly different, right? Uh, XR is slightly different, and uh, you really have to reset your your mindset whenever you are uh, developing something because the side effects could be uh, completely different uh, again and and sometimes some some things that are really um, simple right just throwing a ball in someone uh, sounds nothing in a traditional game where you are usually exploding or shooting people right but on nice. VR even a simple movement like that is completely different right Mm -hmm. uh, so I think there are, of course, the, the, the presence and, and the, the layers of the, the interactions are much more, are deeper, right? Mm -hmm. Profound. Uh, and uh, whenever we look to VR, as a, the social element of VR is completely different as well, right? So the nuances of uh, gestures and the, the expressions and these kind of things are are hard coded inside inside the ways that inside the way that we feel, right? So human beings learn to decode uh, and make a risk assessment based on how you look to someone and how you look back. So all these kind of things are uh, running on 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 back of our brains whenever we are inside these VR experiences. So. I think that there are too many things that we have to explore, learn, and share as a community to really uh, make these, uh, these side effects, uh, put them under, under control. So more intimate and more immersive, so in a, obviously more amplified. And then that brings me to the sort of a next part of my question. Um, and this is something we have worked on together. Um, you know, Maria and I have worked on together. You guys, you have contributed to it is the standard part of it. So what role or where, where, how do we need to place these standards, like in terms of XR and child safety, what is the role of standardization and how do we go about doing this? Well, I think it goes along to the point that I was just discussing, right? We have to share as a community about what's that, what are the best practices, making mm -hmm. sure that people are aware about the consequences and understand which are the layers of risks and what are the key considerations they have to to take into uh, into actions, right? Um, the standardizations is is important because it becomes like a framework for the in, for industry and for developers to really see what they are doing about it, right? And really try to raise the bar, right? Yeah. So the sky's the limit, and uh, we have, uh, many experiences are really shallow on on the safety on on the child side. Mm -hmm. I think. Um, there is a specific angle that I, I always would love to emphasize whenever we discuss this with the industry, which is, which is and it's really well uh, outlined in the standards that uh, um, co collectively we, we put together, is that uh, don't blame the user, right? Mm. Don't blame the parents, right? Yeah, make sure that you are addressing age-appropriated uh, experiences and making sure that, that we are um, putting the guardrails to make sure that we are doing an inclusive technology, not an exclusive one, right? So it's very easy for me to say, well, this is a content, uh, that, uh, this is a mature content, this is not suitable for these audiences, and don't do anything about it. 
to prevent the access of users that are not designed for that. So how, how we change these kind of things, how we work around those challenges, I think this is a little bit outlined in the, in the standards uh, and uh, having these discussions as, uh, as a framework, I think it's important to really uh, have a good average, right? So yes, uh, whenever a user is going, going to an, uh, uh, an immersive experience, they don't know the grade of safety on it, right? There is no a simple stamp over there say, yes, this is safe or this is not safe or this has this consideration or not. So collectively, we really have to raise the bar. We, we cannot leave anybody behind in terms of on the development side. Not, oh, those are the good guys and those guys that don't care. No, we have to bring everybody because as an industry, this is important. Absolutely. And I really just want to take this moment to congratulate Gamer Safer because you guys have had a very key, significant role in putting together the child safety section of the very first XRSI or XR privacy framework that we rolled out in September 2020. So thank you so much for taking the time to contribute to those to make sure that, that as we develop these frameworks, the child safety is absolutely taken into account from the perspective that GamerSafer is learning and researching into. Yeah, we are glad to be part of that. Glad and proud to be part of that. Uh, the more that we interact with the team building the, the, the material, we also learned a lot of things, right? Uh, so, uh, and a shout to Maria here because she put a lot of effort and, and research uh, on back of it. And uh, yes, yeah, so we're looking forward to pushing this ahead and seeing the industry adopting that in a widely. widely. Uh, do you think the industry is... Uh is ready to understand, you know, about safety and security and, you know, in general, just being trustworthy and the fact that that's a priority or are they kind of lagging a bit? As I mentioned before, I think uh, everybody that belongs to the industry understand the challenge, right? Because people play, they are around. Mm -hmm. it's, it's very obvious, right? I think the key point is how we mostly us that are more close to the safety spectrum perspective, right? How we, we bring them in, right? Not just pointing yeah. fingers saying, yeah, you are not doing a good job, but bring them in and show them that this is a viable path for them to make their business more uh, profitable and mm -hmm. increase engagement, lifetime value, this kind of thing. So safety is not cost. Safety is investment, it's upside, right? It's mm -hmm. upside for users, it's upside for the industry, and, and so on. So I think we have to educate um, some some executives in that sense, right? Uh, yeah. Some product teams in that sense. Because, of course, it's hard. And let's let's be very uh, transparent in, uh, here, right? On the gaming industry, it's a, it's a fierce uh, market segment, right? So if you see the timelines they have to execute those amazing projects, it's, it's just nuts. They, they really are short on time and resources, mm -hmm. a strong pressure, a high risk of failure, a lot of upfront investments. Many games put a lot of effort into the game without having a clue if the, that, that concept will be well accepted or not by the audiences. So they, there are a lot of uh, uh, assumed risks whenever they are doing development. Mm -hmm. And everything that is understood as an additional layer of a load for them in upfront is hard sometimes for them just to say, yes, I'm on it, right? 
the, and the, the competitive landscape is, is super challenging. Many games coming up, everybody's fighting for users' attention. So, uh, and that's the problem because whenever the game is launched and after the game uh, uh, reaches some certain level of success, then people start concerned, okay, now I have to retain, now I have to take care of that, now I have to manage those challenges, but then it's too late on the design process, right? Mm -hmm. And it becomes expensive. Yeah. And, and that's what we are seeing. We are seeing a lot of big companies putting a lot of money on mitigation uh, of, of safety perspectives. And mm -hmm. if they, they had a better design or some additional improvement, improved uh, perspectives uh, right at the beginning, uh, and work close to prevention, they would be able to, to save a lot of money. So mm -hmm. it's hard. So we have to acknowledge that it's not just out of uh, people are not doing this out of bad will, right? It's, it's really hard to, to, to manage the, those priorities. And the more data that we bring back to the, to the executives and to the industry, and yes, you see how that was relevant for this, this and that title, and how this could make help them to save this amount of money, and engage and engage and create better experiences and so on. I think we are we will evolve uh, to a place where this becomes like a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. uh, what about the part of you know the work considering building awareness? Uh, you know, in the gaming world, you've got um, again a lot of spending availability, but a lot of uh, user turnover. Um, do you think that's that makes it more difficult to raise awareness? I think uh, well. Uh, awareness is 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 a is a funny word, right? Because mm -hmm. awareness about the problem. When, whenever we look into in both sides, industry or users, right? Uh, I think uh, there is a, a high level of awareness about the the, the potential uh, risks related to safety in any kind of experiences. Mm -hmm. um, I think the key point for us is. Yes, our awareness is interested. Is interesting whenever we show them a path, right? Just not so. Yes, there are risks. Of course, there are risks. People acknowledge that already. I think uh, the awareness is more close to okay, what we do about it, exactly, and why this is important to tackle now, and what's the framework, what's the 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 references, and what we are doing in order to overcome that. Uh, on the industry side, of course, I think on the player side, there is uh, two aspects of it. Uh, education is important, right? It's not only mm -hmm. a, it's not just awareness, so so it's a, a more related to education. So yes, um, the way that you behave inside a game could really uh, screw up someone else's experiences, right? Yeah. So be be mindful about what you do. Be mindful. Take into consideration that the, most of people that um, um, misbehave with games doesn't do that on purpose, right? Of course, there is a small percentage of people that do, uh, really have bad intentions, and we mm -hmm. have to make sure that you have security tools to make sure those users won't be able to come back. But uh, mm -hmm. most of disruptive behaviors within games, uh, they don't come out of, uh, they are on purpose, right? There are people that are not just mindful about the others, and I think yeah. it's a little bit of education. So awareness uh, is, is like the, the 10,000 feet for education on the user side and framework and procedures on the industry side. 
So we are on the topic of awareness and uh, you said exactly right. Like awareness is this sort of a holistic 10,000 foot, like a sense of feeling. And that's kind of what we did just this week is took the time to create this sense of awareness. But let's, you know, what you're hinting at is get more concrete, create a pathway and all of that. So if you were to, Rodrigo, uh, just like... Um, perhaps maybe top three or top five, like what are these concrete pillars that we XRSI or any organization that is trying to help build safe XR, safe gaming environment, what would you recommend to them are these pillars or the focus areas that we call it? Well, check the framework and the material that we put together. I think the standards are amazing on that. Uh, let me just bring on top of my mind the way that I see things, right? Uh, Whenever we discuss the challenges uh, that we have in, in virtual environments, um, we have a, we have, I usually put them in three different buckets. So what's the uh, social interaction related, uh, criminal related, and, uh, and fraud related. I think are two, three different layers, right? Mm. Um, whenever we look to the severity, right? Everything that's criminal related is, of course, much more serious, right? And right. on me, on my point of view, would be the the first priority for us to tackle uh, always. Uh, so, yes, we have things like a grooming and and predation behaviors within spaces, and this is very close related to age related strategies. Right. So, um, I think. Uh, we have to be mindful that we have a, a wide range of ages experiences similar uh, products and this uh, is not like one size fits all for sure right on the safety right. perspective right. so the priority the number one for me would be always uh, age related strategies i think that's super important not necessarily in a, in a non-inclusive way. I think you just need to put some calibration on it sometimes. Um, so that would be for sure the number one on, on my, my perspective. And I think the second layer would be more related to the social interactions, right? Making sure that you, you create inclusive environments where uh, people can express and be themselves and, uh, and feel comfortable about it. So I, and I think mm -hmm. the design of the solutions is really close to to, to promote this. And sometimes it's it's super simple, right? Yeah. Something is just a, a, some warnings and some a, a good onboarding process. So mm -hmm. when, for example, we are in this uh, VR space over here. Yes, just a, a simple reminder that yes, uh, be kind, be nice with people, be, be conscious, right? These kind of things are small triggers that I think make make a lot of impact in in mid long run, but. Uh, Yes, child safety for sure. We check very close to our hearts, and age-related uh, strategies is by far the most sensitive and most important and urgent topic to be discussed. You know, I'm so thankful, Rodrigo. You said said that, and I'm so thankful that you're working on this mission because, oh gosh, how many organizations we've spoken with, even the biggest tech, the only thing they have to hang on to is COPA is this uh, Child Online Protection Act, and that gives us nothing in terms of how to navigate these environments. So what you're doing is just 
absolutely remarkable and is going to actually help us how to actually navigate and not just check the box that, okay, everybody's above 18 or above 13 and we're good to go. <laughs> That's just, just, just not the reality of our situation. Yeah, I, th I think data privacy uh, regulations are important, of course, right? But they are, again, they are the entry space. They, they are not the, the highest standard, right? They are just the basics. Mm -hmm. So, yes, promote data privacy is, of course, it's a basic stuff. Right, Safety right. is much above that. And, uh, yes, just check mark, yes, I'm above 13 and I'm okay with that. Well, if you have uh, some experience that could be damaging for uh, younger uh, audiences, you really have to, you, you can do much better than that. Much, totally. much better than that, right? And um, that's what we are all about. Mm -hmm. I'm taking all these notes and it's going all into our roadmap and framework. Thank you so much. Super, super valuable information. Um, as always, we have a closing question which we ask everyone. Um, and that is, what does the word singularity mean to you? Well, singularity for me means something like this, right? Uh, the opportunity to make a uh, a very specific impact in something that's really wildly important. So that's mm -hmm. that's singular for me. That's singularity for me. That's this this kind of opportunity, this kind of discussion, uh, this kind of initiatives that we are we were putting together, and, and the opportunity of first being with you all here in this joint effort. So that's what we you know. okay. Cool, thank you, uh, Rodrigo. Thanks, uh, also, you know, for being here and um, and also, you know, I think helping us to understand that many of the things you can do to improve, you know, the area of safety. Some things are really difficult, and some things don't really take much effort for everybody personally. You know, I don't think uh, that's one of the messages I sort of feel that you've you've given us. Um, also, uh, I wanted to thank my host, Cavio uh, Perman. Marco Magnano, editor of the show, and the rest of the team, which is Tim, who we've seen on stage, Tim Stifler-Dim, David Chaver, alias uh, DJ Zyron, Ryan Wegner, alias Aspen Darkfire, and Ross Newman, alias Burger Tamagotchi. They've got some pretty interesting stuff uh, online, uh, which you may want to check out. Uh, follow us on readyhacker1.com. You can also find us on Facebook or YouTube under the name Singularity Watch where you can watch our shows and remember to subscribe vehemently and to furiously click on the like button if you like the show. Uh, audio is available on Spotify, Spreaker and Apple Podcasts if you, don't, if you can't want, watch it and just want to listen to it. And that's all for now. Happy journeys to everyone.